Hello, welcome to Local Anaesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello, folks. And uh, this is episode 208 now. It is indeed, I'm yes. pleased to see, Rob, that you've taken on board my feedback about not saying necessarily good morning, good afternoon or good evening. You're just now saying hello. Yes. Um, we are recording on it. We're recording at 6.30 on the 19th of April. Sometimes, Alex, I do listen to you. All right. Um, Very rarely. How are you doing? I'm not bad. Good. Anything else? No, you, you're the one with the news. You said you had quite a few updates. But hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a good episode for you right here, right now. Hopefully so. So, Face the Strange contacted us to, ah. to apologise for being um, about contact, but he continues to post around the country. And well, he continues to put, put, put pictures up with our logo on around the country. Yeah, and I have to say, I do think they're having an effect, because every time he seems to post a picture, whether it's his followers liking the picture or whether it's people seeing the... Uh, the actual sticker itself, there is a spike in downloads. So there I think, you go. Face is strange. I think you are actually having an impact. So this time he was in Leicester. Leicester. Oh, wow. And it's great that it's above one of his uh, his originals, yeah. though, because I love his... Isn't that brilliant, the pepper on the... Who is it? Magritte. It was Magritte, wasn't Marguerite, it? Yeah, yeah Magritte. Belgium yeah. artist. Surrealist artist, if anyone cares. But don't they look good? Absolutely brilliant. He's got a thing with putting up... That's just like the St Pancras one. He's yeah. got a thing with putting us near train stations. Yeah, I, I'm not sure well, why that is. I'm so, not sure why Face the Strange is hanging around train stations so much. Well, there could be many reasons, Alex. I mean, it could be just as simple as, you know, he's waiting for a train. Maybe the pervert. Or, or that. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, no offence, cause Face the Strange. Uh, no, of course. Absolutely not. Um, I don't know what's happened. Our listeners seem to have suddenly decided to get in contact. So um, They're missing us, Rob. You are? They're missing us. Yeah, it must be that. It really must be that. So... Uh, First of all, Russ in Vancouver's been in contact. Now, I might... Is he a new listener? No. No, we had him. He submitted a great story about that man on the boat. Yes, he did. That's right. Yes, he did. So he's been in contact, although I'm going to read his email next week. Why? Um, Because I've got others I need to read. (laughs) Right, okay. You're being bumped. I have. Why Um, did you choose to bump him? No reason. I'm just trying to do it in order that I've received the emails. Um, Right, okay. So he's he's being fair. He's being fair, that's why. More importantly... Helen's been back in contact. After She's we alive. She is and alive. Did we offend her? Hi, Rob. The question was asked: Am I still here? Yes. And have I been offended? Although um, I'm guessing she hasn't. Well, considering your brand, your brand. Well, she didn't answer that. She's oh, okay. Well, considering you brandish your loyal listeners as either being on, on an international sex tour, living in a caravan on top of a skip, <laughs> and selling crystals, I think I got off pretty lightly. All true. Yeah, we haven't. What have we said? Helen did. Oh, I did. Did I, I speculate? What, I can't remember what you said about her. Well, can I? Have I ever said anything? I think she's a policewoman. Now, now I think about it. Helen is, I think, a policewoman. Does she say what she is? No, she hasn't mentioned. I think she's a really hard-bitten female detective who Do doesn't take any shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can believe that. Patrolling the the hard streets or country lanes of Plymouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, haven't really come across anything of lately. Uh, sorry, anything of note lately. John Mooner seems to have been driven underground by the press. Either that, or he's actually been abducted, which is also a possibility. <laughs> he could have been abducted by aliens. Now, she does say she has provided a story which I will be reading out at the end, so I'll go back to her email then. The other person I want to draw your attention to is, I think, a new listener. Now, there's two reasons I want to feature this. One, because she claims to have found the origin of the citizen. The Citizen? Yeah, we asked, didn't we? When did we start doing that? Now, the episode that she's mentioned, I don't think it is... I'm sorry to say, Jennifer, but I think you may be incorrect. But, but I if she's been be listening right. to them from the beginning, wouldn't she be in a good position to know? Possibly. Although I listened to the episode that she was talking about, and I'm sure we've introduced it a lot earlier, but I can't... What episode did she say it was? Well, I'll read an email mm. and come to that. The other thing I was going to ask is, Jennifer, if you are listening from the back catalogue, we are still trying to track down that fucking story... About, so it's about, it was about some sad guy who was living with his mum who remembered some woman he was in love with when he was younger or something and he tried to get in contact with her and she was married and she didn't want anything to do with him. And then he took an interest in her sister. That's right, yeah. yeah. And, we, and Rob and I laugh loads during that story but we can't remember we which episode it, it was. Yeah. We can't find it. Anyway, she says... Where's she from? Uh, she is from Seattle. Ah, Seattle. I've been to Seattle. Okay, so we've got... Oh, that's good to know. Okay. Home of Fraser. That's literally all I know sure, about it. That's probably caused a lot of offence to who is this? Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, well, I mean, well, I don't know. But I'm sure she doesn't that. just want to be known as a, a city for, for, for Fraser. But that's what I know it for. Well, you should know it for much more than that, Rob. 
for what sort of thing? I think that was quite. I think that was quite big back in the grunge scene, Seattle. I think that was that was fairly significant back in that grunge scene. So, I mean, that, does that not cover all poles? Frasier, you know, high class comedy, high class intellectual comedy, and grunge. Uh, yeah, I think that covers. Kids everything. with long hair. Okay, great. Yeah, I found it, guys. I fucking found it. Whoa, she swears. She swears. I like her Disgusting. lady with her. Yeah, okay. Episode 59, <laughs> an amorous nine-strong flock of mallards. Again, great episode. <laughs> that is <laughs> Even absolute, if I do so. Yeah, so. That's genius. At, and I, she's very precise. At 1628, Rob offers Alex the opportunity or misfortune of choosing from three stories, the Randy, the Resurrected, or the Dead. I remember this. Then what did I choose? The Randy. No, you chose the Dead. The Dead. Mm. Rob, this is the story from the This Is The Gloucester website. The story is by, I guess, uh, this is his handle, not his actual name, Citizen Dan. And Alex said... She might be right. The Citizen, she might be right. I don't think I was doing it right at the beginning. Do you think? Okay, yeah. well, if that's the case, Jennifer, that? 59. 59. And this response by Holy Shit. Very nice. I like that. Three separate words. Why? I don't know. Right. I found it, guys. I totally found it. Is she asking for the... Well, we didn't offer any money for this. No. We've offered money for whoever finds the story about the man. Is that right? And his long-lost woman. That's right. You were going to go... Okay. That's right. Now, she sent three separate emails, which I quite like, because I realised after... So after that initial email, which is the first email of the uh, of the three, she then responded by, My name is Jennifer. I live in Seattle, WA. WA? Yeah, what which state's that? Uh, well, that's what Seattle's in, isn't it? Um, oh, God. Hang on. Uh, no, 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 no. This is going to destroy Alex. This is hilarious. No, it's not going to destroy me. Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. Washington. Uh, until 2014. I now, I now live in uh, Edmondsville. So she's in Illinois. Seattle anymore then? No, I must have misread that. She's in Edmondsville, Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sorry about that. Um, that's an incredibly uninteresting story about why I'm now in the Midwest. But I am here now. The Midwest is super weird. Following that, she's now sent a story which I will feature in another episode. Oh, is it good? It is good. It's very good. Jennifer, brilliant. So she, she, she sounds like she's working her way through the back catalogue. Yes. So she is. Jennifer, if there's anything that takes your interest or if you do find that story about the man who lost his long-lost love and then moved on to his sister because apparently she was... But he was a real loser. But it was way before episode 59, that story. I'm certain of it. Do you think it was? Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Okay. But anyway, wrong. Rob, we've been talking for, well, you've been talking, we've been talking for nearly eight minutes. We need to get on with this podcast. Okay, right? all right, fine, fine. So, um, right, let me start off. Because, Rob, since we've seen each other, it's been Easter, hasn't it? It has. This story's from the new shopper. I mean, can I just say, it's the most important time for the Christians, because at this time we all think about the chocolate Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Um, Cumberbatch. Yeah. Cumberbatch. Um Basically, the headline was, do you agree or with... Or, if you're... Sorry, we had to have to say this. Or Sarah's work colleague, who referred to him as Danny Cucumber. Because <laughs> she couldn't remember his name. <laughs> Danny Cucumber. Yeah. For Benedict Cumberbatch. I just say, which is just an absolutely fantastic name. Danny Cucumber. A Cumberbatch still sounds like a filthy euphemism for something it does, else. It does sound like some sort of weird sexual practice. Um, right, here's the headline. It's Cumberbatch all over Rob, shut up! <laughs> do you agree with the giving of Easter eggs to children? Uh, depends if I know the child. Um, children everywhere will be stuffing their faces with chocolate come Easter Sunday. But is giving eggs the right thing to do, Rob? If parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles and everyone else gives eggs to the kids and their families, then some children are going to end up with huge piles of chocolate to chomp their way through and could possibly end up with rotting teeth and fat bellies later on too. It's very strangely written. Rotten teeth and fat bellies? It sounds like it's been written by Andy Parks. It's not credited as him, though. Uh. Eating just one Easter egg is the equivalent to four jam donuts. (laughs) <laughs> and the UK average of eight chocolate eggs given to youngsters can mean consuming nearly half a kilogram of fat over the holiday period. Can I just say, half a kilogram of fat over the holiday period is a very good episode title. It is, yeah, it is. Do you think giving lots of Easter eggs is perfectly harmless, and anyone who thinks otherwise must be a killjoy? Or do you feel it's slightly irresponsible to encourage youngsters to be greedy and binge on so many sweets? Which do you think, Rob? Well, I find the best way to do it is make sure that they've done some Bible reading beforehand. <laughs> Uh, and then you can give them an egg. Only a small one. And a real one, not chocolate. Should parents put limits on... The, it's funny you say that. Should parents put limits on how much chocolate their kids eat? Do you think in some cases it might be better to give alternative gifts, such as toys or money, a substitute for eggs? Happy Easter. Here's some money. 
child. He's a bag of cash. Yeah, he's a bag of cash. Well, it's funny that you said that because I've just wanted to read out one comment by Nobby Knuckles, who says, I used to give my little ones eggs with a bit of a twist. What you do is buy a couple of cream eggs and very carefully remove the wrapping. Eat and enjoy both chocolate eggs while used in the process of boiling a couple of chicken eggs. Once cooled, wrap them up in the cream egg wrapping. Nice. That way the kids get all the excitement with the benefit of a healthy th- snack. I tried the same approach with my grandchildren a couple of years ago. Haven't done it in recent years as I haven't been invited over. Because they're told to fuck off. As I haven't been invited over. Brilliant. But I think do you think I think that was all tongue in cheek. Of course it's because right. think of the size of an actual egg compared to a cream egg, there's a size difference there. Because a, a, an actual egg is bigger than a cream See, egg. That, that's, that's why, Rob, you're ex-police. That was a great dissection. Thank there. you, thank you. Right. Um, Can I also ask, is Nobby Knuckles, is that a metaphor? <laughs> for, for euphemism? For? I don't know. It sounds like it should be Cockney rhyming slang. Nobby Knuckles. It sounds like it's a... Um, uh, the, the, I think it's called a, a one-hand shandy. Yeah, 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 it could be. A Nobby Knuckle. Sounds yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, would you like to hear from Andy Parks? Of course I would. Because he's, he's done another comment. Is it about the meaning of Easter? No, he's done another comment. Um, we were quite impressed that the last one actually seemed to be of reasonable size. Unfortunately, um, he seems to have stopped bothering oh, again. Oh, God, what now? Um, 6th of April, Andy Parks, editor, comment. Right. It can be done. Surviving two weeks without what, Rob? Finish it. Surviving two weeks without what? Um... Try and, no, try and think of his mind how he always goes for the easy thing. The cliched thing. Coffee? No. Good. Yeah, cigarettes? No. It's going to be something mundane, isn't it? Mm. Is it sweets? Think about something ubiquitous in all our lives that maybe wasn't in the past. Internet. Mobile phone. Oh, very close. I've just taken a couple of weeks of... Oh, by the way, what I love about this story, right, it's in what it doesn't say... There, there's so much I feel here revealed about Andy Parks and his life in this story. And it's in what he doesn't say. It's the reading between the lines. I think you're going to love this. Rob. Can I just say, I just, I've spent the last two weeks uh, not using my, my brand new iPhone uh, 7, which I bought from this retailer. Is it just a massive advert for... No, 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 no. It's not like that. Okay. I've just taken a couple of weeks of well-deserved holiday. I've just taken a couple of weeks of well-deserved holiday and can highly recommend Time Away in March. It's the second... <laughs> What? It's the second time I've taken an early spring break and it's a perfect month to recharge your batteries, despite our group numbering 17. First interesting piece of information. He's going away with 17 people. Is this, is this like a, a sort of a team away people. day kind of thing? No, I don't think so. And to ensure true like relaxation, I elected not to take my mobile phone. Right. This seemed an eminently sensible decision to me and I was confident family and friends would agree. But, judging by the reaction, you thought I was chopping off my right arm and leaving that at home. In fact, not even my arm. But theirs. Rather than showering me with praise and admiration, I was rebuked for such a thoughtless action. It seems I was risking spoiling the entire holiday for everyone. Not only would I not be contactable every minute of every night and day, but several planned activities were, I was swiftly informed, entirely dependent upon WhatsApp. Is it, is it possible that the, the reaction wasn't the fact that he left his phone at home, it's the fact that he actually came on the trip in the first place? Well, that, that's one of the things I was wondering. Right, Rob, who's he going away with? Who is this group of 17 people? That's not a family trip. Who is he going away with? And doesn't it suggest a rather sad, lonely man? It does. We need to think about it logically. Who is he going away with? I, I can just imagine that... I mean, we're only speculating, but... I went on group holidays when I was a teenager. This is a grown man. Do you reckon he's gone to PGA with, with his <laughs> friends? That's what I went with. Really? Yeah. yeah. He's got, he's, he needed some time away from his wife because, you know, she's left him again. No, but I, didn't think, I thought they were divorced. But didn't then he? did he go to that, 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 um, that fish restaurant with his wife? Oh, no, you're right, yeah. That might be a new wife, we don't know. Maybe he's bought this... Do you reckon if we crafted out these stories ever since the beginning, do you reckon we could actually start to start to get a semblance of what's going on in this man's I think life? we would actually build quite an accurate picture of his life. We could write a biography. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Andy Pass, your Northwest biography by LA Podcast. <laughs> Sadly enough, Rob, I'm old enough to remember a time before mobile phones, but my protestations that we, we used to be able to make arrangements, meet up and enjoy ourselves without such devices fell on deaf ears. As if to make the point, my brother, so his brother was there, then proceeded to automatically set the seats in our hired van using an app on his phone. Sorry, why would you do that? What do you mean? Why would you set the seats in your car with your phone? Does that just imply that his his brother's as big as tall as he is? Yes. Now, 
Please, don't, by the way, this article is nearly over. Now, please oh. don't get me wrong. I completely understand and appreciate the miraculous advancements that have been made. Mobile phones are an incredibly useful tool. When asked recently what equipment modern reporters must have, a colleague said a laptop, an iPad, and a decent mobile phone. The fact is, it's the phone that's crucial. The others might be desirable, but with the right phone, they could do everything they need to. So, as soon as I was back in Blighty, I admit my mobile phone was firmly cemented back in my hand. But do I regret taking it on holiday? Not a bit of it. Two weeks away from a mobile does no one any harm. In fact, I think it's a good learning experience, even for youngsters, i.e. those under the age of 20. Now, Rob, that's an extraordinary sentence. I think it's a good learning experience, even for youngsters, i.e. those under the age of 20. So He's defining now what a youngster is. You're a youngster, Rob, if you're under 20. Over 20, forget it. That's very alarming. Also, I can't help thinking that he was in a group that consisted of various ages, including those under the age of 20. So what the hell was he doing? Just for the record, he says, being uncontactable... Just for the record, being uncontactable on holiday suits me fine. I'm delighted we all agreed to ban them at restaurants, and I can reveal the fact that I was wasn't on the pirate ship outing. The, the reason, and I can reveal the fact, and I can reveal that the fact I wasn't on the pirate ship outing was nothing to do with WhatsApp. It was purely the lure of the bar. I hoped you all enjoyed the choppy seas. So put it together, Rob. They told him, Ethan, I'm not taking the mobile. Like, Andy, we need, we need, we need to organise this all via WhatsApp, right? Because we're going on this pirate ship expedition. You need to have WhatsApp, and and he and he didn't turn up for it. And he says the reason isn't because I didn't have the phone. It's because I chose to stay in the bar. So on this group holiday, they all go off on a pirate ship outing, and he stays back and gets hammered <laughs> by himself. And why are they all going on a pirate ship outing? What are they five? <laughs> Do we know that he wasn't just with a bunch of teenagers that he just really wanted to fit in? This was just an 1830s holiday where he just felt really left but out. But also writing a story where we've got no idea what the fuck he's talking about to his mate. You're the editor of the paper. Also, I love the fact that he got home to his phone and realised that literally no one had contacted him <laughs> no, <laughs> in two weeks. And he had to write an article about it. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Now, Rob, I've had this story knocking around for so long and I just never got around to writing to reading it out. But there's a particular reason why I want to. Rob, it's from the 14th of February. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, it Valentine's was... Day. Yeah, but I missed it at the time. What, Valentine's Day or the story? Both. Oh, no, God. no, I missed it. But it's a good story. Okay. Revealed. New shopper. Everything including the kitchen sink. Lusty Londoners inspired by Fifty Shades love having sex on furniture around the home outside the bedroom, survey says. Unnecessarily long headline. <laughs> yeah, which tells you everything. It's the details about this later. Randy South Londoners have admitted their favourite items of furniture to have sex on, including coffee tables, armchairs and even chests of drawers. Just in time for Valentine's Day, a new sur- and the release of Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah, so it's all yeah, promotional. Yeah, yeah. A new survey has been released showing just what people get up to behind closed doors, not their bedroom. While a whopping 80% admit to romping on the sofa, no Randy Londoners admit to having bumped uglies on a wine rack, unlike other parts of the country. Let me just get on with it. Why right? would you want to do that? It's painful. Let me just get on with it, Rob. I'm, they did a map with various locations plucked out, uh, apparently at random. So in Aberdeen, and with a random statistic. In Aberdeen, Rob. Oh, the Granite City. 50% of people have not had sex on furniture other than their bed. Right. In Leeds, this is tedious, I should have warned you. In Leeds, one in five people said the dining table was the most enjoyable furniture for sex. One in five people. In Manchester, 5% of people have had sex on a wine rack. (laughs) Why? Why would you do that? In Birmingham, uh, I won't go through them all. In Swansea, 86% of people have had sex on a sofa. Fascinating. Great. In Cardiff, 37% of people have had sex on a coffee table. And in Oxford, one in five people have had sex on a chest of drawers. Robert Walters, head of e-commerce at the Furniture Market, which commissioned the survey, <laughs> as a surprise, said we were curious to discover how adventurous the British public were when it came to experimenting outside the bedroom. We all fill our homes with an array of different furniture, decorations and belongings, but we're intrigued to find out if any of these products get used for other purposes than what they originally intended for. Now, can I just say, I just wait. have an idea. Uh, okay, well, go, no, on, go on, go on, no, go on. The- the, all these these survey questions are conducted in store. So as soon as people walk through the door, there's, there's like an intern with a clipboard saying, "Can I ask you a few questions? Yeah, Have yeah. you had sex on the line of furniture in the corner?" <laughs> yeah, I can imagine this. Oh, I love that. Right, Rob. Here we go. The strangest pieces of furniture that people in the UK have had sex on. Unfortunately, it's not a top ten. It's only a number nine. Shame. Uh, okay, here we go. Number nine. Don't, we need music, but we haven't got it. A giant wooden xylophone. Posted it. Posted it. A gi- hang on, what? A giant wooden xylophone. How many people have that in their house? Number two. Sorry, number eight. 
Footrest. Right. Like number foof. Number seven. He bought, yeah. A rocking horse. Who do. has rocking horses, sir? Uh, number six. Ironing board. That No, hang on. That's not going to support you. The, the number, partner number five. <laughs> a stepladder. <laughs> it's creative. Number four. A bouncy castle. That's a great idea. Number three. A sun lounger. Yeah. Number two. Now, Rob, you're not going to like this one. What? A model train set. No, that no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, a well, model well. train set. Whoa, 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 whoa. And how does that work? There's enough enjoyment to get out of a model train set. You do not need to add anything else to it. Okay, enough enjoyment, yeah. And number one. A mortuary slab. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Which is out of order. <laughs> also, it depends whether the recipient was willing or not. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yes. Mm. Uh, Jippo Joe says, Mrs. G calls me the martini man anytime, any place, anywhere. And Nobby Knuckles says, Nobby Knuckles again, we did it once on the freezer. However, the Iceland staff threw us out of the shop. Brilliant. Very clever. Yeah, very good. Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us. I do indeed. Now, I've got one slightly short story and another short that's slightly longer. Um... <laughs> but I can start with this because I only found this today. But you, look, you look tickled by this story. Yeah. Well, it's one of these stories that it just it doesn't really seem that it could be believable, but it is a great story. So it's from the uh, the Gloucestershire online website. The Citizen, just for you, Jennifer. Just yes. for you. It's by uh, Matt Discom. Matt Discom. Yep. Mm. Uh, so as I said, it's from uh, it's the eighteenth today. No, it's, oh no, it's from yesterday. Headline. Man pooped on his own hands and threw it at a car in Gloucester. No, that's believable. <laughs> Do you think? He shat in his own hands. <laughs> shat in his own How hands. How did they know? Because the man saw it. It was the driver that reported it. Oh, I need to know this story. <clears throat> a man allegedly pooped on his own hands and threw it at a windscreen of a driver who peeped at him. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine peeping at somebody just getting a, a hot, fresh... Wet turd on your on your windscreen. Yes, but if you like, you're in the car, right? So he's driving this guy. Pa- so this guy here is apparently what, was is he just around carrying, long enough. Is he just carrying around like shit already to already right right at the bottom of his bowel, all ready to come out? Hang on, maybe carry it around in a bag just for these eventualities in the glove box. Not according to the story. Okay. According to a Facebook post earlier today, the incident happened in London Road in Gloucester. The message posted anonymously said. To the man who pooed in his hands and lobbed it at my windscreen because I beat him down uh, London Road. This is vile and disgusting. Mm. Uh, I beat and pulled over because you're riding your <laughs> riding your cycle scarily. He was on a motorbike. Uh, um, a bicycle, I'm assuming. We're saying, um, we're saying a man who's riding a motorbike shat in his hand and threw it at somebody's windscreen. Well, he, say, he says cycle. So I'm guessing well, it could be a motorcycle. Either way, it could be a bike. how would you do that without everyone noticing? How would you pull it down? This is bollocks. Uh, one woman who commented on the status wrote, a man had time to pull down his trousers, poo in his hands and lob it in your car. And then, I mean, her English isn't great. Was you stationary? Because I would have drove off the minute he was pulling down his trousers, which is, I think is a fair mm, point. You're right. What do you think this person's in attention to? So let's think about this. Okay, so there's... Uh, it's a cycle. By the way, it's cycling. Cyclist, cyclist. Yeah. The car he's probably wearing him. those cycle shorts, so easy access. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's riding along. Maybe he was a bit unsteady in the bike. The, the motor's beat to him. The guy got off his bike... Dropped his no, trousers. No, I don't think he got off because think where your feet is on the saddle. I think he just shuffled back a bit, pulled down the cycle shorts, popped one out into his hand, wallop on the windshield. Maybe he already needed to go. I mean, with, with the action as well, I can imagine this. We're talking maybe a couple of seconds, so it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the story. No comments. Extraordinary. I love it. I love the fact that Gloucester Citizen chose to follow, chose to go. That's the yeah, yeah. Have they started not calling themselves a citizen because of me? Uh, I don't know. It sounds no idea. I mean, I, 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 am I down in Gloucestershire anytime soon? No, if I can, if I can find because I paper. keep because I keep sort of associating them with Nazi. Talking of Nazis, I know we. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it was, that Sean Spicer thing was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Yes. You think yeah. he would have learnt from across the pond over here from Ken Livingstone? Just don't mention Hitler. Yeah. Whenever you, if you think in a conversation in politics, I'm going to bring Hitler into this now. Probably a good idea not to. Why did he even go down that avenue of, you know, not even somebody as despicable as Hitler sunk so low as to use chemical weapons? And then yeah. what I loved, my, my favourite bit of that, Rob, was the reporters all aghast and then the reporter saying to him, um, what you're saying is gaining quite a lot of traction at the moment. Would you mind clarifying your remarks? 
And he said, oh, of course, yeah, I do. Of course, yeah, you know, I understand that, you know, Hitler, when he brought, you know, the people to the Holocaust Centre. <laughs> now, the phrase Holocaust, Holocaust Centre, the phrase Holocaust Centre sounds like some kind of gift shop, like that's there at the, uh, you know, or like oh some God. kind of, it doesn't it sound like a museum. It sounds like the Holocaust Centre. Talk like about a way of, it sounds like a leisure centre. Yeah. Talk about normalising this thing, a Holocaust Centre. It, it does sound the man like, is sounds like a government organisation. Yeah. So yeah, you've got you've got the uh, the DWP yeah, office, yeah. you've got the job centre, you've got the Holocaust centre <laughs> next to the lesser centre. It's just remarkable. How did he not lose his job after? I was. That? I mean, the, the fact he 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 honestly didn't seem to realise what he'd said either because the actual the actual press conference he gave is just extraordinary. Yeah. Well, they've all been extraordinary, but this was the best. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, we are. We... But it's also the phrase Hitler, and then he went and tried to clarify. Well, what I meant was Hitler didn't gas his own people. So the German Jews weren't his own people then, Mr. Spicer. Is that what you're trying to say? No, they weren't. They were, they were the, obviously a different race, according to him. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, we, uh, we've discussed it before. We are living in a time beyond parody. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And every day brings new possibilities. And this is obviously on the day as well that George Osborne announced that he's no longer standing as an MP. Yeah, thank God for that. Yeah. My thank next God. story is actually related to Trump. So thank you for bringing that up. Ah. By the way, did you see this fantastic picture? Of who? Of Trump next to the next Easter Bunny. No, but what I did see, which is brilliant, what I did see that was even better than that, and nobody really picked it up a lot, um, but the news reporter did at the time, interesting, on the BBC, they were showing a clip of him about a week ago talking on Air Force One yeah. on the plane, and he was like, you know, so, so he's like in the kind of archway, you know, where one part of the plane's leading to another. Yeah. And he's leaning through it talking to reporters about, I don't know, Syria or whatever it is that he's talking about. But there's a TV screen on the on the wall of the archway that he's leaning through, so he can't see the television screen. Right. He's not aware of But as he was speaking during this interview, all that was there was the scene from um, Rogue One when the servant is approaching Darth Vader in the back to tank and Darth Vader puts his costume on and comes Amazing. out. So as he was talking, completely unaware, so right next to his head as he was talking was just Vader. <laughs> And even when it came back to the BBC, the BBC said, if some of you are wondering why uh, Darth Vader is being shown there next to Donald Trump, it's because uh, the plane happened to be showing Rogue One. That's insane. It was brilliant, though. I was like, I was like that, that's, that's the cosmic universe telling you what, all you need to know about Trump, really. Yeah, yeah. There's also, if you know, I mean, I'm sure this is quite... Although, a, to be fair, Darth Vader had many more redeeming features than um, Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. That, this picture, I mean, I'm sure you see this. It's a picture going around the internet of Donald Trump standing next to the Easter Bunny. They saw it's almost like and there, a lot of comparisons were. You've seen um, Donnie Darko. Yes, yeah. loved Donnie Darko. It was fantastic. So film. this is this is part of his um, this sort of um, psychosis. Yeah, exactly. But also, there's a, I think it was, a, it was an American um, sort of local news channel that had a caption had Donald there. So it was it was this picture front facing Donald one side rabbit and it says uh, President Trump in brackets left in case you're in any delusion. Which one was president of the United Brilliant. States? Brilliant. Anyway, so this is from the Mirror. It's by Jamie Bullen, who I think we, is that Jamie Bullen? Is that who we corresponded with? It might have been a few a few months back. Anyway, man dies peacefully after being told Donald Trump has been impeached. In brackets, he hasn't. Huh? Michael so, Elliott was given the false news by his best friend and former partner Tracer before he gave his final gentle breath. Why? Just to make him feel better. I think so. I think he was on the way out. Just but if you believe in the piece. afterlife, then all of the, my belief is that you 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 will attain a sort of consciousness where you understand. So you will we understand everything that's ever happened. So he, in a blink of an eye, kind of thing. So he, so he will have immediately known that he was lied to by his best friend. Uh, yeah. And what for, was this? Um, is, this in, is this in America? Did this take place? Yes. So yes. this person hated Trump so much that this person thought an act of kindness would be, "Don't worry, he's been impeached." Yeah. Wow. A pensioner died peacefully after his ex-wife falsely told him Donald Trump had been impeached. According to his obituary, the final words heard by Michael Elliott, thought to be 75, thought to be 75, uh, was Mr. Trump's Donald Trump's been impeached for having sex with Easter Bunny. <laughs> she didn't say why he'd been impeached for. And exactly, also, that this guy great. just accepted it. Right. If that was the case... I just... I mean, just imagine if Donald Trump had been... Something is going to happen, Rob. We know it is. Yeah, you're right. I can't wait. He was given the news, uh, the false news by best friend and ex-wife Teresa before he passed away peacefully. The obituary published in the uh, the Oregonian, or- I think it is. Um, so I'm guessing the paper. Yeah, the Oregonian. Yeah. Um, through their marriage... Oh, sorry, read. Though their marriage ran aground, their friendship only grew stronger and hers was the last voice Mike heard. And the last thing she said to him was, Donald Trump has been impeached. Upon hearing it, he took his final gentle breath. Oregonian. Oregon. 
Oregon. They must live in Oregon, Oregonian. so it must be Oregon. Uh, yeah. Papers, anyway. Yeah. Oregonian, I think that's what it is. Upon he- uh, hearing this, he took his final gentle breath. His earthly work concluded. And sold himself. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't actually right. say that. Yeah. Um, the ob- the We're not meant to feature stories about death, Rob. Human death. You've broke the rule. For the first time in 200 and whatever it is episodes. But this man died peacefully. Okay, we're not... Okay. A happy man. Yeah. The or the obituary did not explain Mr. Uh, Mr. Elliot's political leanings, but it appeared to be uh, it well, appeared that he was a critic of the president. Well, quite obviously, he also didn't elaborate on how he died. But uh, though he was surrounded by people who loved him dearly and cared for him selflessly during the five months of his life, Mr. Elliot appeared to be a colourful character. After graduating from the University of Virginia, he moved to Long Beach, California, where he joined a semi-pro basketball team that toured the US playing exhibition games dressed as women. Eh? <laughs> a transsexual, a transvestite. Semi-pro basketball team. Yes. <laughs> is there an episode title somewhere in there? Uh, yeah, I think there is. I think there probably is, yeah. Uh, he, also, he, uh, he was also said to be a golf and Porsche enthusiast owning a dozen cars in his life. Right. Nice random information. Yeah, I mean, just it's again, it's the detail that's completely superfluous to the story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where else... Have you ever mentioned in this podcast anyone who used to tour the US dressed as women? Have we? Playing basketball? No, I'm, I'm asking. I don't think we're going to feature that. No, that's the first. Is, is that the first? Okay, yeah, yeah first. I thought it might be. Okay, Rob, I've just got a quick story for us before we go into the listener story from Helen. Okay. It's in the new shopper um, a few days ago. Bus driver who drank vodka and margaritas all night before crashing his bus into a Dartford home. <laughs> Spared jail. Amazing. A bus driver who spent all night drinking vodka and margaritas before crashing his bus into a Dartford home has been spared jail. I love that basically, so that's the headline and then the headline's repeated in the first sentence. Yeah, <laughs> just to reiterate that. Frank Ocanlawan, 56, from Wellington Street in Gravesend, drove the Arriva single-decker bus into two cars and a house in Gore Lane on May 21st last year. Can I just... Uh, I don't know, but I mean, whenever I get an image of um, a, a bus driver, and this is going to be a bit of a, a stereotype, I just imagine sort okay, of... Careful, careful. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, a slightly portly gentleman, you yeah. know, in like a white stained shirt who has tattoos. There are women bus drivers now. Is there? Yeah. Oh, it's good to hear. But this man seems to have a, a, an air of sophistication if he was drinking martinis at home by himself. <laughs> he had been out the night before going to nightclubs and drinking vodka and oh, martini- margaritas from midnight around 9am. Oh, margaritas. He, he, margaritas, not martini. He's not James Bond, Rob. Okay. He was due to start work at 4pm, but didn't wake up until a colleague called him wondering where he was after he'd overslept by two and a half hours. Holy shit, are you telling me that he, he slept until 6pm? Yeah. At 8.20pm, after he dropped off his last passenger, Ocanlawan failed to properly navigate a roundabout at Gore Lane. He drove through a garden wall, hit two cars in the driveway, then into the next door's front garden and hit the corner of the house. That's impressive. Can you imagine sitting in your living room and a bus comes crashing through it? Ocanlawan was taken to the Princess Royal University Hospital in Farnborough after the crash and was found to have more than double the legal alcohol limit in his blood. There were no passengers on the bus when the crash happened. Nobody else was injured. He pleaded guilty to drink driving, but not guilty to dangerous driving, although he was later found guilty at Medway Magistrates Court January 18th. He had been driving buses for 17 years and had been driving in general for 30 years and had a completely clean licence before this happened. He has now lost his driving licence and is no longer employed by a river bus. I mean, the thing is, it's such an isolated incident. Maybe he's going through a bad time, but you can't keep somebody on after that. Can you? <laughs> you drove the bus into a house. Uh, he was sentenced to nine months in prison, suspended for twelve months. Whoa. He has to pay costs of three hundred ninety pounds, and also he's always also required to wear a tag as he's got a curfew from six pm to six am each day for one year. Why have he been... really went all out? Yeah, aren't we yeah we hear about people who've done so much worse, getting so much less. Why has he got a curfew? Why? Why? In case he's, he's not a child molester. <laughs> is he? No. He drove a bus into a house. I was expecting that. Uh, well, I mean, uh, we have to consider that he was driving a bus. Yeah, but why did he have to be tagged? He didn't steal the bus. There's no. So I can't go out and get his bloody margaritas down the club. There's no likely. Yeah, but he's allowed to drink margaritas. That's legal. He can drink them at home. Yeah. But no, but there's nothing. He's not going to get a bus again and do it again, is he? He can't. Well, no, that's do you true. not think it's way over the top to it tag is. him? It is. Anyway, one comment I'm just going to read out. One, Rob. Puritani, which in capital simply says, What an anal hole! <laughs> oh, I mean, I feel that's unnecessary. I mean, he's only been busted. And tagged. But, uh, yeah, but bust, busted. Uh, 
Okay. Is that a sexual innuendo? Uh, no. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Okay, Rob, it's time for our listener's story of the week, which is from he- by Helen, the grizzly detective. Yeah. From Grizzled, sorry, Grizzled Detective, not Grizzly Detective. What the fuck? Hey, is why don't you let us know if you're offended by that? <laughs> the grizzled, hard-nosed detective who always gets a man from Plymouth. Right, so I'm going to go back to our email, which I started at the beginning. <laughs> sorry, uh, yeah, good. Uh, anywho, she did tell us what she did once, didn't she? She did. I think she did. She say she worked for a charity. Hang on, I might even have your email and bear me a sec. Alex, fill for me. Uh, da, da, da. It's not there. It's not there. You're not filling. Helen, remind us what you do again. Uh, I can't see. Okay. It. E- e- either way. It's in my phone somewhere, Helen. I apologise. I'm not sure listeners want us telling uh, the whole world their personal information. Anyway. No, possibly not. No, no. Okay. So, <laughs> she said, anyway, I've got a story here about the Beast of Bodmin. Now, you probably heard about the Beast of Bodmin. Eh? No, you wouldn't. What the fuck is Bodmin? Bodmin is a place Bodmin? in Bodmin? Dev- Bodmin. 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 B-O-D-M-I-N. Bodmin. Beast of Bodmin. Yeah. The Beast of Bodmin. It's on Dartmouth. Dartmoor. 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 Where's Dartmouth? Uh, Dartmouth is, is... Are they both in Devon? Dartmouth? Or is that Dartford? No, Dartford's over in Dartford. Kent. Dartmouth is in Dartford. Devon. Dartmoor is in Devon. It's, it's Rob, we're uh, an area list- of Rob, we're land. losing listeners with every yeah, word coming that. in your mouth. What's it called? Uh, um, an area of... Not an area of Sandy National Beach, like a, a national park kind of... Moorland. Eh? Yeah, well, that'll do. Anyway, the Beast of Bodmin is famous. It's a big cat, and there's been numerous sightings that have gone on back for years. Not bigger than the Beast of Sydenham, Rob. It's huge, Alex. It's a lot bigger than the Beast of Sydenham. What do you mean? It doesn't exist. If you said a lot of people... What do you mean it's huge? A lot more people know about it. It's fictitious. A lot more people know about the Beast of Bodmin. How big is it? It's pretty big. Like a gorilla. Like a house. (laughs) That's not true. Anyway, as a caveat, she does say, if you're wondering about the Beast of Bodmin, it's been a myth for decades. Helen, it's not for you to say it's a myth. Why has she come down? She she should be impartial. She shouldn't... Well, no, she doesn't have to be impartial. Well, why is she saying it's a myth? That's true. There are lots of people who genuinely claim to have seen this thing. Yeah. So why is she saying it's a myth? That's a good point. That's well, good the point. day you see it, Helen, you won't think it's a, a myth. No. When you're out on detective duty. Yeah, when you see a big cat the size of a house. The size of a house, yeah. The size of a bus. Bungalow. Yeah, the yeah, size of a bungalow, yeah. Terrifying. It's a big cat, dodgy eyewitnesses, grainy photos of the odd big paw print on the walls. That's doing it as well. Dodgy witnesses. Being dodgy. Yeah, I mean, an, there's an animal. No, been no what they're saying is anybody who says they've seen John a big Moolah. cat, is, anybody who says they've seen a big cat is, is in, inherently dodgy. No. <laughs> you shouldn't go into an investigation with bias. There may be... A, can I just say, there's no reason to think there aren't big cats in this country. No, true. Why. It only takes one person who's bought one of these animals from abroad or whatever, got it shipped illegally, and it's got set free... That there could be a beast of Bodmin. Well, she does say, speculation about when the zoo was a bit tight in cash and may have lost a couple of animals. Right. Which was, not, uh, so it might not be a myth then, Which is furiously denied by the previous owners, apparently. Right, okay. So I'm guessing there was a local zoo that may have done this. Anyway, she says, love your work, Helen and the kids. Oh, and the kids? Uh, no, Helen and the kids. Oh, I thought it was, right, I thought it was signed <laughs> off by Helen and the kids. She's not implying It sounds like a really great band from the 80s. Helen and the kids. Helen and the kids. Yeah, with their new album, The Beast of Bodmin. <laughs> Right, okay, so let me just bring the story up. <laughs> this is a good story, actually, I have to say. So it's from the Plymouth Herald, as it always is. It's by um, WMN, WMNA Greenwood. <laughs> eh? Don't know. Is that somebody trying to sound ridiculously <laughs> posh? If I just keep adding initials, <laughs> WHNJZD Orden. BA Honours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was from uh, January the 27th, 2017. So I did say this is from a while back. Severed dog... Le- <laughs> Sorry. Severed dog's leg sparks Beast of Bodmin fears. Oh, my God. There are new fears over the Beast of Bodmin after a man found a severed dog leg in his garden. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Fuck, he found... Oh, okay, yeah, come on. Shocked Steve Collop, 16... 16- if, if this was around this area, wherever John Moon was there, it was aliens. Now, where did he live again? This kind of area. Oh, my... God. That- that sounds like an alien thing. There's no mention of Alex. He's gone missing. He's gone off the radar. This is what Helen's concerned has been abducted. Or always, in a... always been sectioned. Yeah. <laughs> which is more likely. Um, discovered the bloody limb of a pooch on his lawn on Thursday. The bloody limb of a pooch? Yeah. It's got a picture like as well, which phrase. I don't think is necessary. Oh, really? Come on, then. Oh, on. Of the severed leg? Of the severed leg, yeah. Now, let me just refresh this story, because for some reason, it's uh, the severed leg is pixelated. Although it might be pixelated on purpose. Uh, it probably just... is, no, Rob. Yeah, I think it is actually. But 
Dear Lord, that's a proper it seven. Li- it's literally ripped out the joint. That's aliens, Rob. Well, Steve Mooner, Steve Mooner, who was around? John Mooner. John Mooner. Who the fuck's Steve Mooner? I called him, I called him Alan Mooner before. Steve, Steve Mooner's his normal brother. Yeah. Who's embarrassed of John. John, give it a rest, yeah? yeah. The B&B owner of St. Marvin? Yeah, St. Marvin. B&B? What? The B&B. For, oh, okay. Yeah. Of St. Marvin North Court. Bread and breakfast, for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for our, our international listeners. No, but don't they have B&Bs? I don't no, know. No, no, you're not. If anyone lives outside the UK, can you just confirm that you have bed and breakfast? B and B's are like it doesn't matter what they are. Look them up. Well, get on with the story. I'm sorry. I'm also, you mentioned point. before PGA. PGA is a uh, an outdoors adventure centre for the children. Like you go whitewater rafting, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, he put a message out in the hope of finding a distressed owner, but he said no one in the village is missing a dog. He didn't call the RSPCA or the police straight away after no. finding. He just put a notice up on a what lamppost. What did you do? The RSPCA put should... the fucking post. Well, no, what are you going to do? Put a notice at the police then. Put a notice up on the lamppost. Is your dog missing a leg? <laughs> if so, I have found it. And he's holding it. <laughs> Barbecuing it. Please, because that he's got the little numbers that you tear off the bottle. <laughs> should, should I've got to put it in the freezer it. if you want to collect. Please may not, may not be, be able to reattach it, but it would make a lovely pet for a, um, a lovely pet for a child. Uh, um, no in the village is missing a dog and he is, he is left stumped as to what to do next. I mean, I'm not sure you should be making puns. That's not necessary. Because that's fresh. Yeah. yeah. It's not old. It's bloody. This has led to speculation that the beast of Bodmin has made a deadly return. The mysterious animal that has terrified families in Cornwall for centuries. Thought to be a large cat. So hang on a minute then. That's why it's a myth. What big cat survives hundreds of years? Well, it can breed. Oh. With what? It needs another big cat to breed with, doesn't it? Well, there may be that. Might be the case. Might bred with a human, Rob. <laughs> do you know what I saw in the park I need to tell oh you this oh my god story. where are you go with this two, do you remember that really hot weekend yeah a few weeks two, back yeah, yeah boiling a couple of weeks ago in Crystal Palace Park I saw what can only be described as a cat dog I have never seen anything right. like this no Rob Rob trust me I've never seen anything like this in my life you realise that phys- physios I mean I, I, what word am I going for I don't know but they don't have the you can't physically crossbreed the two no, animals. I'm not saying that. I don't know what it was. All I know is it was a a dog's body with a cat's head. It wasn't a dog. It was a cat. The head was just like a normal tabby cat. The body, Rob, was extraordinarily long. Extraordinarily long. It was it was massive. This thing, and a woman was walking it around the park on a harness. Right. Wow. It had the body, it was a big shaggy coat. The head wasn't big shaggy, it looked like a dog with a cat's head. It was a cat dog, Rob. Um, it was a hot day. Um, <laughs> now, I'm just wondering, is there a possibility you may have been dehydrated or that kind of thing? Me? Yeah. Possibly. Right. No, I saw a cat dog. Um, I have witnesses. Have you... Do, do you know what a Maine Coon is? Beg your pardon? It's a type of cat. It's a big cat. It's a Maine Coon. How do you spell it? A Maine as in the... Um, uh, the US is it state M A N O O M A I N E yeah coon C O double O all one word no two two words main coon cat hang on a minute they're fucking huge by the way these they're like are, the size kit- of... why are these all kittens I don't know they're like the size of small dogs that's what I mean this thing had the body of a big dog oh wasn't this Rob wasn't that Alex I'm stumped maybe I think this, yeah. Do you I think know. someone has managed to catch the beast of, 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 of Sydney, I should say, and <laughs> no, managed to domesticate no. it? No, no, it wasn't like that, no. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah. So this has led to speculation the beast of Bodmin has made a deadly return, the mysterious animal that has terrified families in Cornwall for centuries. Thought to be a large cat, is, it is identified in government documents. And despite no concrete evidence of its existence ever being discovered, it remains one of Britain's most feared animals. Beasts of Bodmin. There must be pictures, right? Well, I'm assuming so. I mean, they'll be grainy. Some of them just look like a regular cat. That's just a regular cat. <laughs> it's just a regular yeah, black cat. That, that's literally just a cat. That's not. Although that, that may be photoshopped. It's the drawing. That's a sheep. Oh, it's that thing, yeah. Very few pictures. That look, doesn't look real. That's a bin. Anyway, yeah, yeah, keep going. Um... Steve said, I went out into the garden yesterday evening and everything was normal. I went out good. again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary there. 
But I went out again at 8pm to take the dog for a walk. And there was nothing. <laughs> but at 9 o'clock, I saw something. Right on the well, Hang on. What was that time frame? So I went out yesterday, in right. the afternoon, and everything was normal. I went out again at 8pm. And so between, there was nothing. between 8 and 9 p.m. in a one hour window. At 9 p.m., I saw something white on the lawn and it was a dog's leg. It was right in the middle of my nicely cut lawn. Someone ought to get to the bottom of this. Someone out there is missing a dog. Dog's leg. Well, no, it's Rob, a dog. So in that one hour window, yeah. somebody held that over his fence. Yeah. Maybe it's that cyclist who's been chucking shit around. I mean, that's he's taken a quite a jeep there. For Graduation the theory. <laughs> <laughs> he went on his own feet to, to, to killing dogs to ripping legs off dogs and then throwing it at people yeah. it's a complete mystery if I find a horse's head on my door I know it's the mafia again you're making assumptions there because you've seen the film again also that's the graduation this man's theory. an idiot <laughs> yeah uh, Mrs. Cullop's wife Mrs. Cunt <laughs> Cullop Mr. Cullop Mr. Cullop's I wife I thought it Mr. Cunt's wife no presumably it's Mrs. Cunt <laughs> you would think Mr. Cullop's wife Leaf 50. Leaf Cullop. Yeah. Leaf. Leaf, as in... Yeah. This family, weird. I wouldn't trust anything they say. I think he killed the dog, and this is his alibi. Maybe. Or she or, or she killed it, and then tried to frame it, because she said... She immediately tried to see if a dog was missing in the area. How do you immediately do that? Do you go into the neighbours, knock on the door? Are you missing a log? Yeah. A log? Well, dog? Either way, if it's a beast of Bodmin or a nutter, why yeah. is there no dog who's missing a leg in the area? True, true. And also, but also, I, wouldn't somebody in the surrounding areas have rung up if if their dog came home one day with a leg missing, yeah, or turned up dead? Wouldn't they have put two and two together? Where could this have come from? Also, if you saw something like that lying, how would you instantly recognise it as a dog's leg? I'm not sure I would. No, but I'd, if but it's you, white, maybe I would. No, yeah, I think I would. She posted a message on on a local Facebook group, but no one has come forward yet. The post said, "We just found a dog, dog's front leg on." We just found a dog's front leg on our lawn. This is extraordinary. It's fresh. It looks like it's been ripped off. It's well, white with brown public? markings. When was this published? Oh, it wasn't April the 1st. No, no, no. Okay. It's white with brown markings, possibly from a spaniel. Reported to the police in the morning. <laughs> no news to it now. Um, Mr. Mr. Cullop of St. Uh, Martin's Have you checked if there's been a follow-up since? I haven't. Well, it's, obviously, it's, uh, it's Helen's story. Said he reported the gruesome finds to the police and that a, Plymouth, vet's, yeah? a vet's friend confirmed the leg was from a dog. He said, our, ne- our, do- our dogs never go out of the garden. We don't know if it's... Uh, oh, we don't know if or what animal did this. But the four looks very healthy and no dog is reported missing in the area. It's a total... It's a totally bizarre thing. Dark things go on in the countryside. <laughs> End of article. <laughs> we know they go Is that go a sinister way to finish that We story? know dark things go on in the co- um, countryside because we heard about what pets at home were doing with their rabbits over Easter. The mass cull. Oh, that yeah. happened since this... I saw the plume of smoke rising up in, over the horizon, Rob. And the sounds of millions of tiny screaming little bunnies. Not millions. Again, I'm hundreds. going to distance myself from those comment, uh, comments. Now, there is talking of comments. There's two I'd like to read out. The first one is from Haunt. Yeah, it's just covered on the BBC. Really? Yeah. Oh. How could there not be any... Fo- fuck. I've got a non-pixelated picture. Is it really... Ba- oh. Fucking hell. Yeah, I don't know. That is from the Spaniel as well. You can tell them with the markings. Oh, that's really distressing. So, Haunt says, uh, left stumped. Good one, obviously, in relation to the comment. And um, JB40182 says, that is either my, my wife's stiletto or her new sex toy. Oh. <laughs> what know. the fuck is that? Per- <laughs> Both things he just said are really weird. Yes. So, either my wife's stiletto. What does he mean? It looks something like a shoe. Well, when it's pixelated, it kind of does. Right. But then... Or her new sex toy. Either way... How did they not remove that comment? Is nobody moderating that? <laughs> Apparently comment? not, no. Right, okay. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you, Helen. What an amazing fucking story. And if I've looked, I can't see any update. It's still a mystery. They just... Dark things go on in the countryside. <laughs> Local journalists presumably just leave a story like that. They've got bigger fish to can fry. I just, can, can I just petition for dark things go on in the countryside as the episode title? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, listen back to the episode. We need okay. to listen back oh, right. to it. See, but I like it. Dark things, dark things, dark things. It needs something. It needs, it to needs add something. something. Yeah, have a thing. Leave with me. Yeah, I will. So that brings this episode of LA Podcast Local Anesthetic to a close, and we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation, yet trepidation. Rob, to our next episode, which will be episode uh, two hundred nine. Two hundred nine. As we move ever more forward, Rob, 
like a man who's had one too many margaritas and doesn't realise that a roundabout is uh, well as it would appear you go round and not directly over crashes through the hedge and then into the wall of someone's house just like that we move ever more forward to our next episode which will be episode 209 and all that remains Rob is to say goodbye to this episode bye Rob bye episode I've been feeling a bit neglected and forgotten recently Rob yep good you don't seem to spend as much time with me anymore when can we go out and do something at the weekend maybe go to the park or the Disney store will you take me to the Disney store Rob will you take me there this Saturday let's go together or maybe at Thorpe Park (sighs) no fuck you you maggot (laughs) I think that's the worst I've ever seen this end all he asked for, Rob, was you to take him out. You've got to spend time with him, Rob. Sorry. Rob, you can't leave it. You're, You're saying this is my fault. No, you got to start coming Rob. again. <laughs> Fuck you, you maggot. <laughs> well, why do you think, Rob? What do you think he's going to respond? You don't spend any time with him. You don't do anything with him. You're not pulling your weight. I'm left to do everything. Good. Take him to Toys R Us at the no. weekend. Go on. I refuse to be seen with him. Take him to Toys R Us. So what's going to happen, Rob, is he's going to grow up to be to be to be maladjusted and and um, disturbed, Alex, like his father, is. like you. Hang on, hang on. This is taking a weird twist. I am not his father. You, okay, I wasn't there. I never slept with her, and he, I'm not on the birth certificate. He, yeah, he is Luke Skywalker to your Vader. He's dead to me. Uh, we can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. Go there, listeners. You can download every previous episode, all 208 of them, or however many bloody ones there are. And uh, hit subscribe there. Not hit subscribe, sorry. But you, on iTunes, of course, you can find us, LA Podcast or Alex and Rob or Local News. Hit subscribe. Please hit subscribe. Please leave us a review. I wonder if anybody's left a review since I implored them I'm to do joking, so. On our website, there is a donate button in the top right-hand corner. If you want to donate your hard-earned money to the Worthy Course This Is podcast, go onto YouTube, search for LAPodcast.net. Go to our channel. There you'll see a few videos that should make you laugh. And, of course, I'm missing something. Twitter, at LA Podcast, and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. And please retweet, post on Facebook. All those things raise our profile and all the rest of it. You just reminded me something very quickly. Uh, I'm going to try to find it now. Um, Helen gave us some feedback. I might have told you this already about what the next um, what the next video should be if we're doing any more. She deplored us. No. <laughs> In which us. case, forget it. Implored us. No, go on. What did she say? Uh, I'm just trying to f- desperately find it. I can't find it. I'll find it for the next episode. She asked us if we could feature it on one specific thing. But no, Helen, go on, I find it. See. But why don't you search for YouTube? That's a good idea. Let's have a look. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. No, it's not finding it. Bollocks. I'll find it for next well, Where's the preparation here? I, I Why don't you copy out these things in emails and put it in a separate note? I've been busy! Yeah. Too busy to take your kid, your episode, to Thought Park at the weekend. It's not my kid. God bless. And keep it local. Oh.